What's up on church.tv? How you doing? Didn't that make you motivated to swim? No. Jeez. He got y'all all excited. You thought you were going to see like surfing and Hawaii Five-O type stuff. No, it's death and destruction. Next series. Come. No, no seriously. Uh, it's about not doing life on your own. You need to be here uh, for that series. What's up? My name is Carlo. I get to be one of the teaching pastors here at One Church. Uh, we've made it to the end of our four-week series on labels. Uh, the last several weeks, we've really been wrestling uh, with this idea of the negative labels that we allow others to put on us or that we put on ourselves and how God, on the opposite of that, we've, we've talked about what we should be doing with those labels, how God wants us to see ourselves. In fact, last week, Pastor Chris challenged us to not let stuff define us, to not let things, material possessions define us, but instead define our worth, our value in God, in him. And in fact, find our worth and value in being like God. The Bible says that God loved us so much that he gave. And so one of the best ways we can line up with that uh, godly identity is to be generous and to give and to not let stuff own us. So we're going to wrap up the series uh, labels today. Uh, we'll be in a bunch of different passages in the Bible, but we'll start in the New Testament in First uh, John chapter 3, and we'll get there in just a few minutes. I have been labeled a lot of things in my life. Uh, son, brother, black guy, Puerto Rican guy, cross-eyed, big guy. If you ever want me to choke you, call me big guy. Uh, that just does something to someone with, you know, a little spare tire like I have. It just makes me want to show you how out of shape I really am uh, by pounding you. And I'm just playing. Uh, um, Christ follower, jock, rebel, nerd, uh, unemployed, fired, promotable, unpromotable. I've been coach, consultant, singles pastor, teaching pastor. Uh, I've been a nursing home pastor, lead pastor. I've even been called, hey, you. All kinds of labels that have been thrown at me. And it's amazing how each one of those labels that I've worn in my life uh, reminds me of a season, uh, joy or heartache, pain, fulfillment, emptiness. I'll keep it real with you. When I look in the mirror in my own life sometimes, I'm not always happy with what I see because sometimes my view is clouded by the labels that I've worn in the past or even labels that I'm currently wearing, especially in times of stress, in times of doubt, confusion. Sometimes that's all I can see are the labels that other people have put on me. It's like sometimes I view life through a Snapchat filter. Are you familiar with Snapchat filters? They make you look like this, right? Completely distorted, completely twisted view of yourself. Sometimes they're funny. You might look like, you know, uh, your favorite beverage. You may see yourself through the thing that gets you through. Um, other times you see yourself as the complete opposite of what you really, really are, what you really, really look like. Uh, you look all messed up. And life's like that. Speaking of filters, again, let me echo uh, Pastor Chris talking about camp. That's going to be the theme of our, our big stuff camp that our kids are going to is filters. So anyway, back to this message. The point is this. Sometimes we apply these filters to our pictures to give people uh, an appearance that things are better than what they seem. We take a picture, then we put all these filters on top of it to make ourselves look like something we're not. But when we look in the mirror in our own lives, sometimes we actually apply filters right there to our real image. We see something different. I look in the mirror and I see a chronically weak muscle in my right eye that makes my right eye do its own thing. I see love handles. I see the scar on my face from where a sword fight with some friends when I was little went terribly wrong, which sword fights with friends will always go wrong. Um, but in my case, it really went wrong. I see that scar. I see crooked teeth. I see a guy who's not a professional football player, who's not a professional drummer, who's not a special operator, all the things I wanted to be when I grew up. When I look in the mirror sometimes, I see not good enough. 
there was a time where I really wanted to play football. It's what I wanted to do with my life. And I remember starting out, I wanted to be a strong safety. I wanted to be like Ronnie Lott from the San Francisco 49ers. I wanted to be a hard-hitting safety. But there's a problem with what I wanted in reality. See, I was slow, like physically slow. I couldn't run fast. No matter how hard I tried, I just didn't have the wheels to do that position. And so I ended up playing on the offensive line for my entire eight-year football career as a kid. And if you're familiar with football, you know that's usually where the heavy, slow, non-athletic guys usually get stuck uh, playing to be a part of the team, basically fodder for everyone else. That's what I did. I felt like I was not good enough. When I look into the mirror, sometimes I see failure. Failure, not everything that I've done. In fact, a lot of what I've done in ministry and in the workplace, it it just hasn't worked out like I thought it would work out. Several weeks ago, Pastor Chris shared with us a a transparent story of of some ministry uh, failure in his situation, being fired, let go, you know, just unexpectedly. And I've been there just like he has. I know what that's like to just have something completely taken from you. You're left wondering, what did I even do? Actually looking in the mirror and seeing a failure. That's been me. I spent a lot of time in ministry answering questions that no one was asking and then wondering why ministry wasn't working. Uh, And it's because it was was mainly me, but I I still felt like a failure. How about you? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? What label do you wear? If you're like me, then you've also been labeled uh, by words from other people whether it was a parent who called you an idiot, whether it was a friend who made you feel unlovable, the pain of those labels makes it really, really hard to think of yourself in any other framework. And so we then let those labels define us. What do you see when you look in the mirror? We're wrestling with this question in this series because we want to move beyond just what do we see. We want to really get to the the heart of that, and that's what do we allow? Who do we allow to define our worth? What labels are we going to choose to wear? And more importantly, what labels do we need God to remove from us? And what labels do we need God to place on us? See, here's the truth. If we allow our perception of ourselves or others' perception to define who we are, it will ultimately limit what God is going to do in us and through us and how he's going to use us to impact the world. And it leads us to our big idea today is simply this. Our labels limit us. God's labels liberate us. The Bible says in Galatians that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. God wants us to live a free life on mission, doing his great work, living life, loving life. And that comes when we walk in that freedom. But our labels enslave us to who we used to be to the past. God's labels liberate us to be all that he's called us and created us to be and more. So let's look at what the Bible says, what God actually says about us today. And our hope is that we would all leave here with a brand new label, understanding who we really are when it's all said and done. We're going to be in 1 John. It'll be on the screen or the YouVersion app if you have your Bible app. I'm going to start reading in verse 1 of 1 John chapter 3. It says this, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. See how much our Father loves us. God loves us so much that he calls us his own. He calls us his children. Just to understand that text of scripture, there's two very important things happening here that it's a hard truth, but I think it's a truth we need to hear. In this passage, the the writer is telling us here is 
here are the group of people who belong to God, and then he defines that word world. If you came up in church at all like I did, you heard people talk about being worldly or the world or the world's going to do this and the world's going to do that. We hear that language all the time. And just right here, John, as he's writing this, he really defines it. He basically says, those of us the Father loves who are in him, that's his, those are his children, and the world are those who do not know him. So two camps, those who know him who are his children and those who do not know him. Now, spoiler alert, I'll fast forward to the end of the message. If you're here and you don't know God, the great news is that you can, and you can leave here a child of God. You can leave here a part of that family by saying yes to him, by following him. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that good news? I know it's nine o'clock, but I thought one of you would at least say, hey, that's pretty cool, right? That's awesome. That's good news. I'm not even fishing for your applause. I'm just telling you, if he has saved you and you are one of his children, that should fire you up. Because at one time, you didn't know him and you were far from him. And for no other reason other than his love and his grace, he saves you, calls you his own. So one of the labels we wear, the most important label we wear is child of God. Child of God. But what the world does, what those voices do from the outside, they try to convince us that we are all sorts of other things. You're too slow. You're too dumb. You don't have enough money. You won't fit in. You're a failure. How many families are you going to mess up before you quit trying to have one? You're not a good parent. You're an addict. You're too fat. You'll never win. We hear those voices all the time. Oh, you blew it. Oh, you're a hypocrite. And every single time the world says that to us, God says, you are a loved child of mine. You're a child of God. It doesn't matter what we hear from the outside. We are a loved children of God. We belong to him, and he belongs to us. It's a powerful truth. If I was going to guess in this room, I would say many of us have allowed those negative labels to stick to us. When we look into the mirror of our lives, we see those negative things, those, those labels of failure, of hypocrite, of not good enough. We let the sins we've, we've committed define us instead of God's truth. But we only need one label, and that is loved child of God. See, if I'm a child of God, then I know that he's got my back, that he's going to provide for me, that he's going to care for me, that when I mess up, he's going to respond like a loving father would respond, which is he's going to pick you up. He's going to dust you off. He's going to be there with you. He's going to walk with you. I know when my sons uh, blow it, I have a tendency sometimes to get really, really mad, really get angry. We cry over spilled milk all the time, but we can't let what's wrong with our earthly fathers keep us from celebrating what's great about our heavenly father. And that's he doesn't respond to us with a smack on the face. He responds with his outstretched hand, picking us up. The only label I need is that I'm a loved child of God. Let's look at verse 7 of 1 John 3. It says this, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. About what? About the fact that you are a loved child of God. Don't let anyone deceive you of this. When people do what is right, it shows they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. What John is saying there is, listen, don't believe what the world labels you, because that's not who you really are. Understand that you're a loved child of God. So a mantra I, I picked up a long, long time ago that I used to share all the time uh, on, with Sunday audiences that we, we don't do the right things to become righteous. We do the right things because we're children of God and he's already called us righteous. So we do the right things because it's who we are. We're in him. So we just act like our father. And it's a really cool shift in mentality of how we live out our faith. 
Don't believe what the world labels you. That's not who you really are. Understand that you're a loved child of God. It's true. All of us seek approval through the actions that we we do or through the things we buy. I mean, uh, iPad, iPhone, Apple Watch. We want the status. We want the approval. We want to fit in. We strive and we do all this stuff. And in, in the church, maybe we don't buy a bunch of stuff to try to fit into the church, but sometimes we try to do a lot of behavior first before our heart is transformed because we want to try to fit in. But in that verse, God is saying, if we belong to Jesus, then we already have God's approval. We don't have to work for his love. We don't have to work for God's acceptance because Jesus is already accepted and loved by God. And when God sees us, if we're in Christ, that's what he sees. He sees his son. He sees us as sons and daughters, children. So we don't have to try harder. We don't have to do more stuff. We don't have to do anything to, rec- to get him to recognize us. We have to understand and not be deceived that we are children of God. So how do we deal with these labels? How do we deal with the labels we have? We've given you some practical steps week by week, but we really need to understand this. What do we do? I'm going to share two truths of how we deal with these labels and then one third thought that kind of connects it all together. But the first thing we have to do is acknowledge the labels that we have worn. Acknowledge the labels we've worn. Right here on this mirror behind me are some of the labels that you said you had. Some of the labels that throughout this series you've said, I'm not good enough, I'm fat, I'm judged, I'm an addict, I'm a loser, I'm a failure. Some of those labels, we have to acknowledge it. That's such a key thing. And so we've done that in this series, uh, especially with our cross illustration. If you weren't here, we had a very large cross we put out in the, in the lobby there, and people wrote on kind of name tag labels and stuck those labels on the cross, kind of symbolically saying, I'm giving this to Jesus. Uh, This is not going to define me. Placing that label on the cross as as a way of giving it to him. Problem child, rebel, geek, F student, failure, unemployed, alone, guilty, unworthy, rejected, addict, whatever that label was, we wrote it down. We acknowledged it. For some of you, that was a really freeing process. Uh, I kind of spied, I'm just going to let you know, I kind of spied on some of the people writing their labels up there and kind of saw some of that process, how freeing it was. It was freeing for me to write a couple labels and stick there on me, but I made sure none of you guys are watching because I don't want y'all putting my business on Facebook. But anyway, uh, I, I had to write my own label, stick it up on that cross. But here's the problem. Some of us, we only place the label up there symbolically, but we kept the label in our heart. Two or three weeks ago, you heard a powerful truth about how God labels us. And so you wrote something on a sticker and stuck it on there. And more than ever, the last two, three weeks, you've really been struggling with that label. You kept it in your heart. Acknowledging the label is just part of the equation. Once you acknowledge the label, here's what you have to do. You have to understand how God labels you. It's one thing to understand what you're labeling yourself. But the next step is I have to acknowledge how God labels me. That means I have to wear the truth of God's labels. I have to discover what God says about me. That's a key word, discover. I have to discover and put on the truth of God's labels. Allow God to be the one who defines me. I want you to to listen to God's word here in a few minutes through the lens of any of the negative labels that you've put on yourself. Any of the negativity, any of that junk 
I want you to listen to these scriptures in a few minutes and then think about that through the filter. What negative label follows your name? When people say your name, you're just a blank. And as you think about that, here's what I pray that you would really hear. I pray that you would hear that God's power is always bigger than your past. God's power is always bigger than your past. God's truth about you is always bigger than any current truth in your life. Some of you wrote some labels on a cross. Some of you have heard some of these labels today. And if we're honest, you kind of deserve those labels. I'm just going to real talk. You're actually going out of your way to be that thing that everyone keeps calling you. But here's an awesome truth. Just because it's true about you today doesn't mean it has to be true about you tomorrow. That's the power of grace. That's the power of forgiveness. Just because you came in this room this morning broken doesn't mean you have to leave here with that label broken. I believe with all my heart that God has the power to speak to us and change every single one of us and make what was true about us no longer true. Through the power of Christ, he can smash and break those labels that bind us. He gives us a new mind. He gives us a new way of viewing ourselves, and it's based off of this powerful scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. It's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's written from the Apostle Paul, a man who at one time was a murderer and was a killer of Christians, and then he went on to become one of the greatest church planners, the greatest church planner in the history of the world. It was written to a church that was messed up. They had a lot of junk going on in their lives, and this is what this formerly messed up Paul says to this formerly messed up church. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. When you hear that scripture, you should yell at the end. See, that's an exclamation point, and so that means you have passion in your voice, right? You get fired up. It doesn't matter what your parents said about you. It doesn't matter what your ex said about you. It doesn't matter what your teacher labeled you. It doesn't matter that you might see sinner. You might see unloved. You might see a failure. None of that stuff matters because at the end, this Christ who makes all things new, he calls us his child and he smashes. He smashes it. And he calls us child of God, loved, his. See that exclamation point at the end of 2 Corinthians 17? That's a smashing point in our lives. It's the point where the truth of God's word should shatter any lie of the enemy in our lives. The power of forgiveness comes in and destroys any work that the enemy, that the world, that we have built in opposition to what God says about us. Those labels, they steal our confidence and make us feel like we're not good enough. God comes in, he shatters the labels, calls us his own. Let's keep reading 2 Corinthians 5. Paul says, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and has and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. That's another label we can wear now reconciled to God. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Here's how awesome God is. Not only does he smash the old labels, he gives us this awesome new label that he gives us a mission. He gives us something to do 
with this new name. In other words, we can try to work all we want. We can strive. We can try so hard to make it on our own, to remove those labels, to erase them, and that's never going to be the answer. The next time you look in the mirror and you start seeing those bad labels, those negative labels, guilty, alone, not good enough, failure, maybe you need a new perspective. Maybe you need to see God smashing that mirror, smashing those labels, and see yourself as God really sees you, a child of God. And until you receive his gift, until you say yes to him and follow him, you're never really going to discover who you really are. I really want us to understand that one, church. We have to say yes to him to be called child of God. We have to be a part of the family. There's this thing in our culture that says we're all God's children, and I want that to be true. But he didn't say that, so I don't get to say that. He said, the ones who follow him, who say yes to him, that's his children. He loves the world, but his children are the ones who follow him. And it's his desire that no one perish. It's his desire that no one live in a state where they don't belong into his family. So he's given us this brand new name and then this great ministry of reconciliation. So we, Pastor Chris, uh, helped build, he built this church, one church, for that reason. Because there's people who aren't in the family yet who need to be in the family. So we're going to do everything we can, short of sinning, to bring them into the family. That's why we gather. We have to choose the label that we're going to wear. That's the final thing. We acknowledge the labels we've worn. We understand how God labels us. And then we choose every day to wear the truth of God's labels. Some of you need to allow God to relabel you. Someone's given you a label. They've given you a name. God, through the power of Christ, he'll give you this new label. But then you need to choose to wear that new label. Allow God to change you. Here's what God says to the nation of Israel in Isaiah 62. He says, The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory. And you will be given what? A new name by the Lord's mouth. Great truth that connects to that New Testament truth that we just heard. They're going to see your righteousness. And the Lord's going to give you a new name by his own mouth. Many of us, we've been labeled, held back by something we believe that someone else has called us. God gives us a new name. One of my favorite examples of this is in the New Testament. It's a story of a man named Peter. If you've heard of Peter, uh, he had a habit of uh, talking first and then thinking about it later. He uh, was loud. He was boisterous. He was always getting into something, always saying something wild and crazy. And he was kind of the leader of Jesus's 12 apostles of the disciples who followed him. Jesus had 12 guys who were really his inner circle. And Peter was the leader of these guys. And you could have labeled Peter a bunch of things, unpredictable, flaky, undependable. One time the crowd's following Jesus and he just starts talking to him and says, hey, who do people say that I am? What's my reputation? What are they saying about me? And a lot of people, they said, well, Jesus, they say you're this, you're that, you're Elijah, you're the prophet, you're John the Baptist, all this stuff. Then Jesus looks at a guy named Simon, and he says, but who do you say I am, Simon? And Simon turns to Jesus and says, well, you're the Christ, obviously, duh. He didn't say the duh part. I'm just making sure y'all are awake. He says, duh, you're like God's son. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, and and Verse 17 of Matthew 16, he says this, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus had this habit of changing people's names. And really, God does this throughout all of Scripture. But this was powerful when Jesus did it. 
Because he kind of set Peter up to see what Peter would say. And he gave him the right answer. And it wasn't an answer that he could manufacture. It wasn't because he studied hard. I believe in studying hard, but it wasn't because of that. It wasn't because he'd read the scriptures. I believe in reading the scriptures, but it wasn't because of that. God had revealed this truth to Peter. Peter had followed Jesus, and God revealed that truth to him and says, you're the son of God. You're the son of the living God. And so Jesus says, Simon, you're not Simon anymore. From now on, your name is Kephas or Cephas if you're from Tennessee. Peter, that's what that word means. You're Peter, and on this rock, I'm going to build the church. Now, if you don't know the rest of Peter's story, some of you do know. So if you know Peter's story, was Peter a rock from this point on? Did he have it all together? No. What proceeds in the life of Peter is more being a big mouth and more talking trash and cutting a dude's ear off, even when that was clearly not what Jesus was teaching them to do, and then cussing out some little girl at a fireside because she said, hey, you're one of Jesus' followers, and he denied Jesus, and he ran away, and he hid, and he was a coward. That's what happened to him later on. He denies him. But Jesus graciously forgives him, restores him, and in John, the end of John, we see this awesome story where Jesus and Peter are having breakfast on a beach, and Jesus basically reminds Peter of his real name, reminds him of that mission. Remember I said God relabels us and then gives us something to do? Jesus reminds Peter of what he'd given him to do. If you fast forward in the story of Peter's life, on the day that the church was born, we read about it in Acts chapter 2, written by a guy named Luke, the day that Peter, the church was born, guess who God chose to be the guest speaker and get up and say something to the crowd? Peter. Peter, the undependable. Peter, the flake. Peter, the loudmouth. Peter, the coward. Peter, the denier. All of a sudden, he rises up and he becomes exactly who God called him to be in the first place, a rock. Not a coward, not a failure, not someone who denied Jesus, but God uses him greatly and in a mighty way. In fact, the whole first half of the book of Acts basically centers around the life and the ministry and the mission of this guy named Peter. Tradition tells us that when Peter died, uh, he was crucified in Rome, and they wanted to crucify him uh, the normal way, if there's such a thing as a normal crucifixion. But Peter didn't find himself worthy to be killed the same way his master Jesus was. And so legend has it that Peter was actually crucified upside down because he found, he said, I'm not worthy enough to die the same way that my master died. What in the world does that have to do with labels? This is a guy who could have easily sunk into those negative labels, deny, failure. But instead, he goes out like a true champ He died like a rock. Today, God is giving all of us, many of us, this new name, and that new name comes with a purpose. And and we're going to grow into that purpose. Just like Peter, it took some time, he had to grow into that purpose. But the good news is we have to take whatever that label is, that negative label, and then we understand that with the power of Christ, we become brand new. God takes that greatest weakness of ours and turns it into something beautiful, this strength for our future. Out of our mess, God always makes something beautiful when we say yes to him, when we follow him. He gives us a new name. Some of you came in here broken, but you're going to leave whole. Some of you came in here feeling like a loser, but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. The Bible says we leave here winners in him. Not good enough is how some of us felt this morning, but we can leave knowing I'm accepted. 
I'm a loved child of God. God's in that business of relabeling people. And he calls us to do the same thing. So when we see our friend who's straying, when we see that person who's far from God, we don't pile on the negative labels. Instead, we choose to see them the same way that God sees them, which is as someone who's worth pursuing, someone who's worth going after. But we have to stop believing the lie. Stop believing the labels that others have placed on us. Even the labels that we've placed on ourselves, we have to stop believing those things and allow God to smash our expectations, relabel, and rename us. So practically, how do we live this out? You guys say, man, that sounds good in theory, dude, but this is hard stuff. All right, practically, how do you live it out? Well, we said we have to acknowledge the labels that we've worn. So we've done that, right? We've done that. So I want you to make sure that you go to the One Church Facebook page and you scroll down and you can see some of the pictures we posted of those labels that lie. I want you to go back and revisit those pictures. Save them to your computer. Save them to your phone. So you can keep almost a record of this is not who I am. When those lies start coming up, you can rewrite them down if you need to. But acknowledge those labels that you've worn that aren't the truth. We've done that, but I think it's a healthy exercise to always check ourselves. Wait a minute, I'm feeling a certain way about myself. I'm feeling negative. I'm feeling like a loser. And we ask ourselves, wait a minute, is that God's label or is that my label? Is that God's label or is that someone else talking to me? Acknowledge the labels that you've worn. And then understand how God labels you. How do I understand how God labels me? You have to you have to get into God's truth. At the end of this series, if you're on the Uversion app, we have a five-week uh, scripture reading series on identity. You can read through that plan. Come see myself or Pastor Chris at the Next Steps table. We would love to hook you up, connect you with a Bible, connect you with a small group, connect you with something, some type of next step that you can take where you can start getting this truth. Maybe you could just say, Pastor Chris, I don't know what God says about me. Uh, I'm going to throw him under the bus right now. He'll write down four things for you. Then you can go look it up in the Bible, right? What are these four things true that God says about me? I'll do the same thing. I'll give you a list. Here, here's what God says about you. Understand how God labels you. Basically, we talked about this a couple series ago. In order to live the truth, I have to know the truth, right? In order to live it out, I have to know what it says. And so take a next step. Don't keep sitting on the sideline confused or blind, not knowing how God sees you. We want to help you, connect you with some resources. So you can start learning what does God really say about me. And then finally, choose to wear the truth of God's labels. This is the hardest part. The other day I was really mad at someone and I really wanted to be like negative and be a gossip and it feels really good to talk bad about people, but I have a choice to make. I can live in that poison and let the label of troublemaker, let the label of negativity weigh on me, or I can choose God's label, which is I got to be about mercy. I got to be about forgiveness. So choose to live to wear God's labels. That means literally write those labels down. Use post-it notes, stick them on your bathroom mirror, stick them on the dashboard of your card, make a a screensaver for your phone, for your desktop. Find something positive that God says about you. You're a beloved child of God. 1 John 3, 1, a great verse. Screenshot it, stick it on your phone. You open your phone, it's the first thing that you see to remind yourself of who you are. We can choose to look at the distorted mirror and believe the lies or we can choose to wear the label of the one who created us. Who are you going to let define your worth? My prayer is that you would know that you're a child of God, loved by him, called by him, chosen by him for a purpose. Our labels limit us, but God's labels liberate us. Let's pray. God, thank you for your grace.
Thank you for the power of your truth. Thank you that in you, God, all things are made new, that we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be afraid. God, we don't have to live in fear of our past mistakes. Instead, we can walk in forgiveness. We can walk in mercy. God, I pray if there's one person in this room who doesn't know you, this would be the day they would say, Lord, forgive me. I've blown it. I've messed up. And they would take a step towards you. And I know if they do that, you'll do what only you do, God. You'll save them. Call them a loved child of God. Help us this week as we're confronted with the various issues of life, drama that will come from a bunch of different places. God, help us to rest in the power of who you are, in the power of the things you call us, saved, loved, healed, forgiven, whole, victorious. Thank you for the power of your word. Help us to live it out and share it with those who desperately need it. In the strong name of Jesus, amen.